Speaking like, of uh, breaded fish treats, what, yeah. did I tell you about the time I um, got sponsored by a scampi company? You did no. not. But, but I'm also not surprised this is something that happened. Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, and I can scarcely believe I'm saying that. We've had a long hiatus, because uh, unfortunately the the man who used to uh, record and edit the podcast, I think his name was uh, Brant, Bront? Was it Bungus? Is that it? I think it was Bungus, yes, that wasn't was it. it? Yeah. Bungus, who used to record the podcast, he um, fell off his skateboard and exploded into a pile of coins, and so we weren't able to do it. But we are back with a bang. We're badder than ever. Uh, and I'm very excited to be joined this week by Matthew Castle. Hello. Hello, Matthew. And Hello. Uh, Nate Crowley. Hello. How are you both? We're recording. We're all recording at home, obviously, because nobody's allowed to not be at home. But uh, how, how are you doing? How are your weekends? Uh, fine. I mean, I'm, I, I've basically live on off Deliveroo during lockdown. So I've put on obscene amounts of weight, which is fun, and discovered uh, f- fat forming in bits of my body, which I didn't even think had fat. Um, <laughs> Have you got so, like really bloated little fingers? Is it all storing well, there? Just, just generally, <laughs> you, just, you just spot little patches on your torso and you're like, huh, I guess there's something going on there then. Um, like a lot of bands. lizards store fat in their tails, but yeah. we can't do that. Yeah, so that's, so that's fun. We we got a big uh, we got a big shop delivered yesterday with a lot of frozen stuff. So we had to do the the toughest game an adult can play, which is freezer Jenga. Obviously, it's a lot of like taking stuff out of boxes and putting it in 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 freezer bags and. And should we throw away these frozen veg? No, we can't throw away the frozen veg. Like, so uh, uh, it was a uh, it was an interesting time. You know, you, you can't want to throw do. away the frozen veg. By the no, way, no, no, no. You don't have to throw away anything. Just get yourself a chest freezer. We have got a chest freezer. It, it's amazing. Uh, it's what's it's a what, giant. One of, what's one of them? Is it one of the like? It's like a, a man's torso, and you just crack open the. The rib cage and it's full of treats. Um, <laughs> no, Fill it, it with ice. <laughs> I, I jest. It's uh, it's it's like a chest, isn't it? In fact, it's. I, I think that's why I like it so much. It's you know, this is a, a PC gaming podcast, isn't it? So we we all know chests mean treasure, especially when they have a, an exciting glow when you open them. So yeah, <laughs> it gives me a sense of anticipation every time I open it up. It's great. I, f- I find them quite sinister because the only thing you ever use a chest freezer for in films is storing a dead body. And if you have one in, in real life, which you do, um, 
they're so big that you put so much stuff in them that you forget and you end up with this sort of bedrock forming at the bottom of the kind of forgotten frozen goods, which is uh, never ideal. Well, there's an easy solution to that. You put your dead body at the bottom of one big item Uh, and then you you stack all your delicious Captain Birdseye other brands are available fish fingers on top of the dado. No, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Speaking like, of uh, breaded fish treats, what, yeah. did I tell you about the time I um, got sponsored by a scampi company? You did no. not. But, but I'm also not surprised this is something that happened. It was some... Um, I had... You know, like when you see really sort of hapless marketing tweets by, you know, I'm not, you know, not like incompetent, but you just think like you're, you're in the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> um, like there, there was, there was a company um, called, called Whitby Scampi, um, which despite the name, it's not particularly a cult. Um, it's very, very delicious golden breaded scampi. Um, Are you still on their payroll? Is that what's happening? <laughs> These look, other brands are still available. They just happen to be the best. Um, but I saw them. I saw them sort of tweeting, like I say, a bit, bit haplessly about how good their scampi was. And I thought I'd really affectionately bully them into making me their brand ambassador. Um, <laughs> so I was just—I wasn't being mean. I was just like cajoling them, like, "Come on, come on, be someone. Look, I'll tweet tweet about scampi for a whole week. It'll be great." And in the end, their their marketing head, who really really nice woman actually, um, DM'd me and was like, um, "Are you serious?" I was like, "Are you?" Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we made we made the deal. I would uh, tweet about nothing but Whitby Scampi for a week, but I demanded they send me four bags of Scampi plus any merch that they had. <laughs> What merch does a scampi company have? Uh, more than you'd think, actually. The the scampi itself came frozen in a Whitby scampi branded cooler. Uh, uh, cool. Amazing. Uh, and in the cooler, as well as the scampi, was an inflatable seagull, some giant sunglasses, and some Whitby scampi stickers. Um, That's Fantastic. <laughs> It's pretty good. I've still got all of it, actually. In fact, I keep a lot of my important documents in the Whitby Scampi call bag. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my birth certificate? Oh, it's in the the Whitby Scampi cooler. (laughs) That's literally where my birth certificate is. I feel like the the Whitby Scampi call bag feels like, uh, you know, like the MacGuffin in the next season of, like... Like true detective, or you could imagine Saul Goodman like panickingly shoving a load of cell phones into one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, have can you we, been? Can, we, can we work on bartering up yet? Like instead of being like Nate, I will employ you on a wage to write an article, or like Matthew, we will give you a salary to do videos. Can I be like Matthew? For your video work next week, would you take two boxes of Soleros, six packs of Rennie, and three rhubarb and custard sucky sweets? Oh yeah, for sure. And that's you've just literally described my 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 final meal if I ever get put to death. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
What order sure. would you have those in? Uh, I'd have them mixed into a slurry in a trough. <laughs> <laughs> so it's powerful. Can you like pre-game Rennies, though? Can you like if you're like I know I'm going to have a really rich meal. I'll, I'll pop a couple Rennie now. Oh, uh, interesting. I don't. I, I don't know. And I tend to. I tend to follow the meal with Rennie. I mean, it's, it's. It's not an interesting answer, but it's the truth. Um, what does uh, Ben Solo have when he's got indigestion? I don't know. What does Ben Solo have when he's got indigestion? That's right. It's Kylo Rennie's. Kylo Rennie's. <laughs> Oh, spoilers, mate! <laughs> the yeah, page. he gets really, really, really hungry uh, and and eats fifty Twixes in a go, and then spends the rest of the film groaning because he didn't have any Kylos on him. Do you think that's what uh, Chewbacca's problem is? Oh, he's is actually it- like really, you know, um, articulate. He's just in terrible pain. <laughs> Uh, Wookiees look like they get indigestion, something terrible. Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about some video games. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about the games we've been playing this week. Uh, and I believe that you two have been playing Gears Tactics and XCOM Chimera Squad, which are similar but different. You loved Gears Tactics, didn't you? Yes. Well, I could, I, were, I'm still in love with it. You reviewed it and you uh, you gave it a bestest best. Said it was the new standard. The new gold standard. That's a bold, that's a bold claim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's oh, it was a really... Um, it was a tough call, actually, because especially with it coming out in the same week as a new XCOM, and with it being firmly in the XCOM template, that's, you know, that there, there is an implicit better than XCOM statement there, which I wasn't really interested in, in making because, you know, it's apples and oranges, isn't it? But I, I do think that, you know, if all turn-based strategy games had all appeared yesterday, um, Gears Tactics would be my pick. I think it's... Uh, in- incredibly slick yeah it was yeah like make that statement now nate is it better than xcom i'm gonna force you to yeah it's better than xcom um the okay the tactics the actual battlefield bits are are better than xcom i still think it could use some work in the loadout stuff between missions um but the fact it concentrates so hard on just the fights and the way it does the fights, yeah, I, I think it's unmatched. Interesting, Matthew, your response. Oh well, I also I I, I, I also loved it. I thought one of the one of the one of the great things about this it doesn't happen very often is that it had like zero expectations for it, and you know they announced it at E3 last year, and everyone was like, oh okay. Like I think there was like a ten second trailer or something, and then it hasn't been seen since. And you know, I was playing it and thinking, "Oh, this is really good." And then on Slack, you know, I started seeing Nate dropping the occasional DM, going, "You know, it was like we were both testing the waters. Like we were both kind of really into it, but didn't want to say it just in case the other person thought it was shit." <laughs> yeah, so, there was a lot of like, "Oh, this is you know, I'm actually I'm really feeling this." You know, it's something almost like apologetic about it. 
Well, I, th- I think we both expected it to be quite meat-headed, didn't we? Yeah, very, well, very Gears. But actually, I think w- what I love about it is that so much of the Gears universe fits the tactics game perfectly. Like, so many of the rules it's already established just carry over, like, you know, from how important cover is to the the actual powers of the enemies. They haven't had to, like, game it to make the enemies different from the main game to make them work in a tactic situation. They're actually, like, a brilliant mix of, like, things that get up in your face and swarm you, smarter things from afar. It's, yeah, I just, I I kind of enjoyed it more than recent Gears. (laughs) It just, like, fit that world. Uh, It's still got that meat-headed kind of, um, like macho quips and all that kind of stuff in it, but it kind of seems less offensive when they're just sort of not offensive, but less sort of irritating when they're bellowing them out, kind of on, on the battlefield, just in the background. Um, it feels really likable, doesn't it? Yeah, it's kind of cute. It's like cute gears. Everything's small, like when they're reloading their little shotguns. You're like, <laughs> yeah. We refer to the game as my little wide men here. <laughs> But it's a prequel, isn't it? Does it have any of the like the dramatic manly man storytelling? So I like vaguely. I mean, the the character, the main character in it, is the dad of one of the new characters in Gears Four and Five, and there's a bit of like, what's what's his deal then? Um, But. I mean, it being a prequel, mainly the important thing is it's like old gears rather than new gears. So it's like the old locust enemy rather than the new weird, you know, screamy thing. I can't even remember what they're called. They made that little impact on me. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's what I think's absolutely amazing about it is it's got these incredible turns where you can stretch them so far and you can just beast the battlefield and. XCOM like would just never lets you do. It. You can get into a situation with XCOM where you can pull off some amazing feats, but it's, it comes sort of fitted as standard here. It's and all about the the executions, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, which so when you ex- yeah, sorry. You get um when you you batter someone down to like no hit points or just below no hit points, they enter a sort of woozy red skull zone. The enemy that is and. You can, if you can run any of your troops into base to base contact with them. Oh, showing off my tabletop wargaming roots mm. there. Uh, then you, you, Nerd. you, you, you brain them with a, a chainsaw or like, it's great that the heavy machine gunners just like drop their guns on them with a, <laughs> with a noise like a pancake being thrown into the side of a bus by God. <laughs> um, it's really, really good. And then the execution happens in this sort of uh, visceral grand guignol. I don't know how you say that, the, the really violent French theatre. Um, little Fat blood. Yeah, fat blood. It gives you a little fat blood vignette um, of the, the alien getting mullered. And then uh, all of your the rest of your squad get an extra movement point uh, or an extra action point. So they can get another shot off, or they can run into cover, or they can go and do an execution of their own. That's expanding the wealth. It's great. By the end of the game, like you can, I mean, take out the whole map pretty much in a single turn. It's delicious. It's fantastic. So then how does it compare to Chimera Squad, which is 
which was a, a surprise XCOM that just sort of was like, I, I don't know if I completely missed them teasing it or saying there's going to be a new XCOM, but it's, it seems like they just went, it's going to pop out an XCOM game next yeah. week. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because it's not a traditional XCOM. You know, it's these smaller kind of room by room encounters. You're kind of almost like a SWAT team. You kind of break in and clear them out. Um, the big thing with it, it's got uh, alternating turns between individual characters. So it's not your side goes, their side goes. Um, so it's got a very different pace to normal XCOM and Gears. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Divinity. Yeah, it, it has. It's, it's, it's sort of got Divinity's thing in that you're trying to set up future turns, but there's obviously a, a kind of a, an air of unknowability because other characters are going to move around and shift. Uh, you have some, like, a few powers that let you, like, mess around with the timeline so you can pull another character up to kind of fight alongside you so you get their turn earlier and things. Um, but it's, like, super tense, quite tight. Uh, you know, there, there's there's less... I'd say there's less focus on Overwatch, which is like really important in XCOM and in Gears, uh, definitely in Gears. Um, but it's, it's so far I'm, I'm getting into it. Like the pat that each character is a very they're they're like pre-made fixed characters, and they've got these like mad hero abilities. So you've got like a snake who can pull people around with his big tongue, which I like. Actually, that's that's something the games have got in common as well, and and that's actually probably my criticism of of Gears. It's got. Um sort of four where you most of the game you got three and then there's a fourth main hero characters who just like the XCOM fellas are are static. Um you can't you can customize how they look, but you know, you've got them and there are some missions where excuse me <clears throat> some missions where they're mandated, other ones where they're banned. And it does mean you because it's them who've got to tackle the big boss encounters you know, and all the major milestones of the game, you're constantly leveling them up because the leveling in the game is slow. So you've got this roster of chumps, but they, and they're expendable. They can get permadanied, but they just, uh, per, per, perma, permadeft. Um, but they, you know, they're never worth taking out. So they always languish in the lower levels and you can just recruit new troops uh, at the same level as your heroes. So you end up doing that more often uh, than you'd like. I think I could use rebalance, frankly. Mm. But they have they have much bigger skill trees that even the main heroes, the named heroes, have quite impressive deep skill trees in Gears. In XCOM, it's a, it's, it's a bit more like, X, you know, every, I don't know, hour or so you might get a chance to add a new ability, but you're only talking about a variation of, of I think there's only two, two tiers of each character where you get any choice over what the ability is so they they evolve along very set lines um it's a bit more about like i'd say xcom has it has more of a strategy layer well gears tactics doesn't really have one at all in that when your units are down you know you've you've only got a very small pool of characters it grows over the game but you know i think you a maximum of eight i haven't unlocked them all yet um and you know, if one of them gets wounded or hurt in battle, you might want to put them in healing so you have to bring someone else in. So you're kind of encouraged to kind of use the gang a bit more, wearing gears. If they make it through, they make it through and they're fine for the next fight. Um, 
which kind of lends lends there's less to think about i guess in gears on on the on the larger global scale do you think they'll do a a gears tactics 2 i hope so yeah yeah well, it seems to have been pretty successful so yeah it's 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 weird it's it, there's i think some people have kind of taken against it a bit because you know they they insist on buying games on steam where it's like 60 quid or something ridiculous it's like mega bucks which I, see, I yeah it's pretty expensive which i think is to try and encourage you to get it maybe invest in game pass the xbox things it's on the game pass so you pay whatever five or a month and you can play it and you can probably get all the play you want out of it in a month um but there's some people just don't accept that as an option for whatever reason uh so it's yeah, I think they just see it as this quite bloated. You know, if it was only if there was only the sixty pound option, it is quite pricey for what is just a very good tactics game and not much else. So it would need to grow, I think, if it was gonna be I'd be interested to see what a gears with strategy layer would look like. Um I'm not entirely sure what it would look like. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I think it, one of the best things about it is it doesn't really have the strategy layer. And I mean, hey, you know, I love strategy games. That's kind of my thing. Um, but it's like you don't, you don't want chocolate chips on on a roast beef dinner. Well, you might actually. That's my I second that last supper. Some some people put chocolate in gravy, don't they? Uh, I put it in chilies. That's that's always a. a Banger, isn't it? There you go, yeah. But it yeah, would be I, I beef adjacent there, for sure. Beef adjacent. <laughs> Do you know what's really good? for If you're going vegetarian, any listeners, I don't know if you're trying to cut out meat. Meat is actually quite, it can be quite difficult to get down your local supermarket at the moment. Um, but to, if you're dabbling with vegetarian mints, uh, a good way to make it taste beefy is... Uh, spoonful of marmite that's my that's my top tip you mix in a spoonful of marmite into your mince beefs it right up i use maggie seasoning liquid on my broccoli and it it tastes exactly (laughs) like beef (laughs) but it's made Uh, out of the plants do you think it's ethically wrong for a meat eater to buy vegetarian food at this time where stocks are low in the shops um, no, because I welcome people trying vegetarian food and realizing that actually it's fine. Oh, good. I'm, um, I'm getting, I'm getting into vegetarian meatballs in quite a big way. Vegetarian meatballs are rad. They're banging. They're rad. The yeah. They're like somewhere between a meatball and, and stuffing. Um, I love so those good. tiny corn scotch eggs. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like I'm eating someone else's food when I buy vegetarian-specific products. No, well, that's because you disavow vegetarianism, so you don't want to. You're like, well, I don't disavow not, it. Not my food. <laughs> I just feel like if I went into the store and there was no vegetarian stuff because a meat eater had eaten it all, I'd be, I'd be cross with that person. But it, it was a bit annoying for a little bit in that first rush because eventually everyone was like. There's no chicken. I guess I'll try Lind McCartney sausages. Other sausages are available. Yeah. Um, uh, and so we didn't have enough veggie stuff for both of us. 
So, um, so you just had to eat a pigeon you caught outside your house. Well, no, so I so we 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 started like getting half meat, half vegetarian stuff. So I had the veggie stuff, and and ended up we basically cooked like two meals a night, which is quite annoying. Oh, talking about old vegetables, I I completely freaked out last week because um, I'm quite I'm easily made anxious by Twitter. Um, which I think is a common experience at the moment. Mm. And I'd seen all these tweets about like turnips being like 40 quid. And <laughs> I thought, but they're like, you know, like medieval peasant food. If turnips are expensive, there's real problems in the supply chain. Are we about to run out of food? And Ashley was like, uh, uh, my wife said, you, you realize they're talking about Animal Crossing. Um, I felt extremely out of touch, but that's it. That's how pure a, a PC games writer I am. I wasn't even aware that turnip prices were an issue. We, I was trying desperately to understand Animal Crossing because I was complaining about like the fruit they got and saying like apples are the worst fruit or whatever on their island. And I was asking people in the chat, in, in our Slack chat, like, but what? what's the difference between the fruit? And people are like, well, nothing. It doesn't, I was like, but can you, do apples sell for less than oranges? Or, and they're like, no, but like apples are just rubbish, aren't they? So, and I didn't, I didn't understand. I was like a, a, a child looking in the mirror and beginning to understand that I was looking at myself kind of thing. It was, it was very strange. The fruit thing, it's something very strange about Animal Crossing because the whole pitch of it is this, this like escape from all the, the stresses and unpleasantness of real life. And the first thing everyone does is set up this like brutally efficient production line where they go around all the each each other's islands swapping fruits so they can set up these industrial fruit farms outside their campsites it just it seems completely at odds you know it's the, it's it's all the bullshit of modern life kind of brought straight to the island humans are the worst thing for like they're the last thing you want to invite to animal crossing you're the only person on that island and you are scum so <laughs> there you go Rock, paper, shotguns verdict, official verdict on Animal Crossing. You uh, are the only person on the island and you're scum. Well, yeah. You yeah, everyone else is a nice animal. <laughs> uh, and uh, to wrangle it background, I uh, actually, I agree with Nate that tactics do sort of feel antithetical to the Gears universe. Uh, because in, in Gears of War, you're, you're a big, you know, Space soldier with a, with a chainsaw with a gun on it, and you solve most problems by running at them with your big chainsaw gun and your big boots, you know. So, but it is impressive then that they've managed to make this tactics game that feels like very Gears of War. Yeah, which I think you've both pointed out, like Nate in your review said, it it's it is a very Gears of War game. It's, uh, it's you feel very powerful. Um... Like in, in XCOM, most of the time, I you know, love XCOM, but it's stressful. I sort of feel like, you know, someone who's got to look after like 15 dying cats. Like, you know, it's really, really stressful. And you make one mistake and, you know, it's, it's all going to go wrong. Um, and you named all the cats after your friends. So yeah, it's like, exactly. It's extra stressful. Yeah, that's, um, that's been the weirdest thing for me about XCOM is always throughout my life, 
like I don't really play XCOM very much, but I'd get like texts from people when XCOM was really big with like a blurry picture of their screen going major you died kind of thing <laughs> yeah it's always the worst stuff it's like oh uh by the way i named a soldier after you and he was a coward and he killed himself rather than fight the aliens <laughs> and you're like oh great <laughs> brilliant yeah cheers for that so well thank you for your analysis of those two different but both good and interesting tactics games i this week i wanted to talk about uh sea of thieves because i've started playing it i started playing it actually after the stream that uh the vidbuds did to introduce uh carla mahan who's a new vidbud yes and it looked really fun so uh it is yeah so i decided to have a go playing sea of thieves because i played it um that's the thing with games these days. They don't just come out, you know? Yeah. Because I played it at review, for review when it came out, and it was all right then, you know? And now it's got loads of stuff. It's got a chest that yells at you and explodes and all that. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> this isn't the game that I saw. <laughs> it's still... I mean, I like it. I, I had a good time with the... Um... With with the other people, with Imogen and with Matt having a play of it, um, yeah. And I keep meaning to go back and do more. Uh, but if you know, like that little moment of micro decision you get when you're trying to work out whether to play something or not, and you just get a really strong gut feeling. Yeah, my gut feeling is always uh, because it just it feels just quite empty still for me. Like I think it would be better if there were just like some normal fish in the sea or something, but it's just like this massive world inhabited only by like six larger than life pirates. Oh yeah, but you like do you think every game would be better if there were more fish in it? Like <laughs> That's correct. That is absolutely correct. Gears Tactics major failing was not enough fish. <laughs> I the thing I the thing I really like about Sea of Thieves and 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 its sort of games as services thing done right is that you don't you don't really like level up or change as a character you can do everything in that world the second you start playing it so it's what 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 bugs me about like destinies or whatever is like when they add new expansions and you have to have played for like 200 hours to be able to get access it or understand it sea of thieves it just layers on more to ah you're this kind of generic pirate and and that was kind of a failing of it originally like you you don't improve. There's nothing. There's no like r- real reward f- beyond cosmetics. But actually, now, like when we jumped in for the stream, I was really impressed with like that we could do the new story stuff without ever having played it before. Really, yeah, yeah. And I like I now like to start with. I was I was I wasn't enamoured of the the fact. Yeah, it's all cosmetic stuff. But I really like that now because if you come across like some pirates some other players which actually i agree it does feel a bit empty still like i've i've run into like other people like once um but like it they they will absolutely destroy me but it's because they're they've played the game more and they know what they're doing more than i do it's not because they have like a better gun Mm. they they're just better at using the guns they have and that feels a lot sort of fairer 
Um, and it's also really good how you can pick it up very quickly. Mm. I think you... people are, are a bit more friendly than... Maybe it's because of that that sort of strange equivalence, but we we ran into a few people, and I mean, pretty much every encounter degenerated into bloodshed. Because um, the time where I tried to speak to a man and just pulled out my pistol, and then he immediately <laughs> annihilated me. But people yeah. are willing to, you know, to to humour you sometimes. I like that. It's got quite a, quite a friendly feel to it. Well, I've been playing it with my brother, um, my younger brother, and we've played like three games together. And the first game he was, you know, learning. Uh, and the second game we were getting better. And then uh, we played last night with my older brother. And Morgan, my younger brother, was like standing by Harry learning to steer, like yelling at him, going, no, keep turning, keep turning, keep turning. No, the middle, when it goes click, when it goes click, when it makes a noise. And so like, and he's got like, like really into it and sort of knows how to do it now um but the first that we played he was like could get a fight could could get a fight with someone uh and we found these these guys in port uh and we were in a sloop which is the tiny two-person one and they were in like a massive galleon and morgan just started firing cannons at them and it (laughs) it was it was sort of like like you know when a toddler gets really angry and it's and and the adult is just kind of like oh and finds it a bit funny yeah because he made holes in their ship and then they immediately like destroyed our sloop and then one of them came over and like helped helped fix it (laughs) (laughs) morgan's such a good name for a pirate by the way can i just say it's good isn't it he's he's he uh puts on a voice and everything Oh, sick. To play, he does play. You should play with us. Yeah, I'd like he's, to. He's like, yeah, and he's a bit West Country anyway. Nice. Um, uh, but they, I think people are quite nice in it. I once put, I, I, early on, there was a lot of problems with people joining, like you join a team, which was three friends and you, and the three friends could just vote to put you in the brig because they didn't want you like on um, their boat. And yeah. so I, I had several games where I ended up just basically in a cage while three French guys shouted stuff at me in French, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably quite an accurate experience of what it is to be in, in the Navy at that time or it'd be a sailing that such a thing could happen. <clears throat> That's really cool. Yeah. I So, I, yeah, I've been enjoying it and it's it's really it's nice because it's like the one thing i found i can do with my younger brother where we don't start arguing and bickering like children Hmm. so it's been a lovely bonding experience and it i i have been very impressed with all the additions and updates and things they've done so i i take my hat off to you but it is annoying that yeah you can't just you can't just leave a game B now. You have to keep going and looking at it again to see if it's changed. Nothing's ever finished. Exactly, yeah. But is that better though? Here, there's a, a question. Well, it's, it all started with early access, isn't it? You know, when you when you realise that you could release a game before it was finished, then the inverse has to be true and, you know, you can keep working on it after it's finished. And ergo, it's never finished. Um, is it better? Yeah, I guess it is, actually. Um, 
there's a whole bunch of games I would have played once and then never touched again. Uh, yeah, for example, um, I used to play loads of RimWorld. Um, sort of felt like I'd done everything there was to do. And then they did the bloody royalty update out of nowhere. Uh, oh, yeah, King got Beef. Right back into it. Yeah, King Beef. Got a finished story of King Beef, although it was a story about a man going mad and dying while uh, in lockdown. So I thought it perhaps wouldn't be tonally appropriate for the moment. Bit on the nose. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's good when you find out that, that a game suddenly had a load of new stuff added to it when you'd almost forgotten about it. I feel like I've never had that relationship with any game specifically because of this job, you know, the, 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 the yeah. need to move on to the next thing, to be on top of the next thing, to cover the next thing. Like there's no, yeah, I just can't let myself get attached to, to any games or service game. You know, the, the furthest I'll go is maybe dabbling with the odd DLC for something, but that's, you know, in single player campaigns, but, yeah, I, I feel, I feel like I have missed out, you know, like because like, I've got lot, plenty of peers are into these things, you know. Alice O uh, in news editor, it does the Destiny thing, and every when something big happens in Destiny, like it's thrilling to hear her write about it or talk about it because she's seeing this such elite level stuff that's designed for people who've played four hundred, five hundred hours. But I, I just, I'll never get to see it myself. So I kind of just have to live it all vi- vicariously. There's another, um, it's like people who are really into Hearthstone. Like whenever anything happens in Hearthstone, I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> that doesn't mean, that's nothing. That's meaningless to me. Oh, um, I'm desperately excited by by like your single mana cost changes to cards. Yeah, Shakes right. up the whole meta. I'd, oh. I'd love to have just one of those, but maybe I'll make that my... New Year's resolution for 2021 or something. I'll I'll throw myself into something, but yeah, I, I imagine there's people listening who are like, "Oh, game journalist plays too many games." World's smallest violin. Yeah, I know it sucks, but and I know, but yeah. it, it does like it's it, it's but it's a weird thing about this job that like sometimes someone will be like, "Oh, why are you kind of in a bad mood?" and then you'll be like, "I have to go to Paris." <laughs> And they're like, oh, oh no, it's amazing. I was like, yeah, but I'm going to go for like 36 hours and have to sit in a dark room with loads of other nerds. Don't get to do anything. Oh, the rooms of the, the days of dark room press events are over as well. Like for the last couple of years, it's, it's the industry goes big on like gimmick locations, which are the kind of things which are really cool in a planning meeting. But yeah. when you actually get to it, you realize you are asking, you know, games journalists to stand for 10 hours in like a car park because because it's a car park that looks like the division two you know and you're like yeah it's maybe a bit inside baseball where people were enjoying it so me and matthew both went to the Baldur's gate three um reveal event, oh, yeah. which was in paris and we had to get up um very early to get over to paris um so then we arrived at couldn't check it. We arrived at about, I think, 9am. Um, couldn't check into the hotel. Uh, and so, like, it was like a lot of us were just desperately tired. Um, and then went into this, like, dungeon. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like, it was like an underground, uh, like, kind of old, like, basement storage, kind of medieval yeah. stone. Basement, oh, was it in the catacombs, like where they've got all the skulls and that? 
it's no it it was sort of like meant to be a bit like that i think it was literally just like some old wine storeroom that had been turned into like an event space slash bar ah and there was no signal uh and uh we had to like it, and again, it's very like, oh, poor you, you got to see Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> we had to s- sit on these, uh, like, backless wooden benches for three hours. And it was amazing, but it was also, like, yeah, really a, a weird slash cool gimmick space yeah. for a game event. It's Sounds like though. a fine buster. Yeah, it was good. But, um, uh, yeah, I recommend Sea of Thieves. It was really fun. Uh, we should all play. We'll play. Play Sea of Thieves with us, Matthew. Yeah, I play some Sea of Thieves. Gra- Graham always wants to play Sea of Thieves, but Graham's a bit of a night owl, and he wants he always wants to play it. He wants to play at midnight, which is yeah. <laughs> which is tough. He's, he's I'm always, the dawn man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because cause, uh, Graham and Nate both have to split uh, their hours for childcare at the moment, so oh, I ask yeah. to play with Graham quite a lot. And he's like, yeah, I can either play it at like 7am or 11.30. <laughs> yeah. Because if any of you out there really love playing Age of Empires 2 at 4 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> hit me the chuff up. Uh, that, is, that is the time and that is the place. That is my Age of Kings. There you go. That's... <laughs> I'm getting good, you know. Yeah? Yeah. Going pro. One day. That's the dream. Don't, don't, don't you quit on me, man. It's become right. pure Age of Empires 2 streamer. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to uh, this week's big question to the audience. This week, uh, because I, I wanted to talk about Sea of Thieves, I asked people, because I like co-op games. I don't like competitive games I like co-op games so I asked people what is the best co-op game uh, and we've had many answers Ash did a whole list Overcooked is that truly cooperative every game of Overcooked ends you know in, in, in what could be a fist fight IRL true I mean a lot of people Vincent said Overcooked as well uh, well, it is. It's it. I know what you mean. It's technically co-op, but it's like the angriest co-op game I've ever played. Yeah, I mean it's PVE, but the E is like your collective incompetence and inability to communicate with each other. It's just a game for revealing the inefficiency of human communication. <laughs> I like it's it. All co-op games, surely. Uh, the Human Bat and Niall have said Portal 2. Yes. Did you know they play the, yeah, did you that's play it? Good, that's a good, that's a good show. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like, I, those puzzles, I, those puzzles literally can't be done with other than two people, which a lot of co-op games, that isn't true. You know, they're, they're just, it's a single player thing that you happen to be doing with two people. Um, but that one there, yeah, like the need to kind of, communicate and time things and set things up and also as a space to like screw each other over it's really fun portal 2 is absolutely brilliant probably the probably the best p 
purest co-op thing I've played. Ooh. Probably. Uh, I might be wrong. There might be something else brilliant that I've just forgotten. But Halo Strong 2. Game. But Halo, is it? Halo, that's just a shooter. It's just two people playing a shooter. Is yeah, it? I know. Come I on. Know. I just, oh, so much affection for those. those. Just playing Halo in co-op. I never played them single player. I played every single one co-op about five times. Mm. But that's about you, man. This is this, we're talking about the games. Oh yeah, the objective. Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Marcus uh, Mosbeck has uh, brought up "Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes." Oh, that's oh, brilliant! Oh yeah, that's really good. That's the, the sort of game that is the most fun when you're being very bad at it. Yeah. I got really. I get the problem with it is though is it brings out like stroppy manager in me. Like when I play it with, like when I played it with the team, it was actually quite. When we played it on the video team, it was. It just brings out a bad side of you. I find it quite hard to kind of maintain a kind of jovial demeanor when I'm faced with a bomb. I get a bit like that in Sea of Thieves as well because I I'm bet I'm getting better at it, but I do always have the thing where like I want to I want to play the game properly. You know? Yeah. But like uh, last night at Sea of Thieves, Morgan thought he saw another ship on the horizon, so he was like, "Quick, we've got to go!" And I was like, "But we haven't handed in all the skulls from it, so they had to wait for me as I handed in the last skull from our previous quest, even though everyone else wanted to sort of play." Mm. As in play around, <laughs> but I'm I'm getting I'm getting better. I, can, oh, I can't. yeah, you might might want to rethink playing with me. Then I'm going to just caper around with a hurdy gurdy. <laughs> no, I think that's why it would be good for me though. Yeah, I'll be like um, I'll be like the dim-witted sidekick who teaches you to 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 love the irreverent side of life in a Pixar yeah. film. <laughs> uh. A lot of people have brought up Left 4 Dead 2 as well. Hannah Thompson, uh, a small, a sm- tri- triply kit, a small gay cat has said uh, Left 4 Dead 2 as well. Uh, if, did you, have you played much Left 4 Dead 2? Yeah, I used to play a, a fair bit of that. Um, Me too, I've got a Left 4 Dead tattoo. Is it? Oh. Yeah, on my on my ribs, I've got a little logo of the safe house. It's the smallest tattoo I have, and I always forget about it because I can't see it. It's um, I didn't like it that much, but I did like it. Uh, I I get... found it required like you had to be really good at it to play efficiently as a team. Um, my my friend was pretty good at it, and I used to I like play on in in his group of of Steam mates and. Yeah, unless you know everything back to front, uh, you, you can let everyone down very badly. My charger um, moments were infamous for being entertainingly garbage. <laughs> the witch is one of the best things in games as well. Absolutely brilliant. Like just I, the ability to completely change the tone of what you're doing is is, is fab. Yeah. I, I just always remember there are a lot of the, the kind of barks in that that are like, flash that off! I will never forget that. Uh, interesting one from Purple Shrimp 88. Oh no, sorry, those are left into as well. Look at the wrong thing. Uh, Frowny Cyclops, which sounds like a character you would tweet about, Nate. Uh, oh yeah. 
has said, Divinity Original Sin 2, because you can murder the NPC your friend needs to finish their quest. Do you have thoughts on Divinity Co-op, Matthew? Yeah, we've been playing the last few episodes of Let's Play because we can't record it together anymore um, because of A, lockdown, B, now Alice has left the video too. <laughs> um, uh, we're, ha- we're playing it in co-op. Um, yeah, it's good. There's, there's, there's a few things that kind of bug me about like how the inventory sharing works. It's, it's a bit fussy in places. Um, but yeah... It, it's it's too big a thing for us like we're so at the end that we're too scared to like mess with it and like try and screw each other over so that's not really i know you can do that um i'd almost be maybe more interested in trying it in they've got like a dungeon master mode where you can build like custom quests and i think that might be a space to kind of experiment with that better but yeah and it's, it's it's very slickly done i'm really intrigued to see um you know they're going to improve it in several ways for Baldur's Gate three, or so they say, um, with like the team voting on individual conversation choices and things, which isn't in divinity. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely fun. It's just it's just a big mental hurdle trying to get over, like having a party that kind of belonged and and answered only to you where you're suddenly don't have control over half of them is it freaks me out a bit but <laughs> i don't know maybe that's just me yeah uh, marcus and I'm, I'm looking at facebook now marcus on facebook has uh has said divinity original sin 2 great fun good writing and memorable game world and one of those few games which incorporates multiple players into the storyline um which i suppose is because all the characters that you can play as have quite deep lore themselves which is is, is good yeah it's clever the way that's done actually uh well so, oh, that's an interesting one so uh matthew also on facebook said a way out did either of you play a way out i re- i really don't like way out <laughs> i uh, i feel like a real grump i th- i th- i it's the guy who made brothers tell two sons yeah. Which is absolutely amazing. I love that game. I th- I thought Way Out was probably one of the, one of the bigger gaming disappointments ever. <laughs> um, it just doesn't. It just. I don't think there is any. I think it, it's two single player games that play out alongside each other uh, again. Except because it has to be played in co-op. If there was ever a game where you could have forced more interesting co-op experiences, making that commitment, saying this can only be played in co-op and then not making the most of that. I thought it was madness. Uh, you know, I thought the bits where you played together, the, you know, were like gimmicky mini games and yeah, I just, I, I thought it was, I thought it was terrible, but I know oh, some people absolutely swear by it. So. I mean, I, I thought it was like a bit rubs, but in like a fun way. Like the bit where you're like fishing, I remember, uh, and you have to like splash around to catch some fish and that. Um, it it was a bit it, ridiculous, it, but then I think like the twist at the end is good. But that you know? the thing the thing is that twist had already been done in. Um, the, I can't remember which one it was. There was one of the I think it might have been Splinter Cell Conviction had a little co-op mode on the side, which basically it, it was basically that the same thing as a way out at the end. Um, so maybe that had diminished it. 
like it didn't end on the high. It seemed to end on for a lot of people uh, because I was the whole time I was like, well, I think the X is going to happen at the end of this, and then it did. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, weird voice actor as well. Sutty, strange. There was something you, off about it. I can't. Matthew, remember. are you one of these people who always guesses twists before they happen? Uh only because I. But I. Re- Yes, but because I really like twists, so I'm always hoping for one and looking for one, and that's 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 the death of a twist, right? Is if you're it's true, you, you know, the best twists are when you're watching like a rom com, and then there's a horrible twist at the end, and you're like, oh, because you weren't expecting there to be one. Um, but when oh my god, her mother was dead the whole time. Well, that's it. But when you announce yourself, like Westworld, for example, has announced itself as a basically a twist show now. So you watch every episode through that lens, and when it happens, you're like, yeah, well, of course. Um, but oh, I really enjoyed the first season of Westworld, but like without even having read about it, just getting the general vibe, I, I'm not, I'm not bothering with this latest season. Uh, it, I mean. Uh, yeah, I I think that a way out is fun but silly. Yeah, and that's I don't. Okay. I'm not. I'm not putting down anyone who does like it. But we we had a rubbish time. Uh, <laughs> like I was expecting uh, another something as good as Brothers. So you know, well, especially if that guy's so cocky with it the whole time. But he is. He was the famous F the Oscars guy, isn't he? Yeah. Well, uh, Dan Wood on Facebook has, has cunningly brought it back around for me. He said, uh, soft spot for gears. First real co-op experience for me at the time. And still to this day, I don't think the campaign, I don't think of the campaign as being single player co-op all the way with gears. How, how neatly we bring it back round. Oh, it's a book beautiful. that opens and closes with the sound of a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as always with this podcast, I like to end with us each recommending something that is not a video game that uh, we think is good. Uh, who would like to start? I've, I, the thing is, I've consumed a lot of media in lockdown, so I'm trying to think of what was the best best bit of media. <laughs> I've consumed a lot of granola in lockdown, but I'm pretty sure recommend I've recommended granola. it before. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I'm so obsessed with this stuff. It's referred to as daddy kibble in our house. Because, uh, yeah, my, my daughter, like, knows not to go near it. Uh, she's, she's not even two, but she recognizes it's of almost holy significance to me. <laughs> we don't even call it daddy kibble anymore. It's just called DK, like bloody Donkey Kong. <laughs> I'm going to have a bowl right after we finish. We've gotten really lazy with how we speak. Because um, you know when you like spend 24 hours of the day with one person and you just end up being able to communicate. So like we've just started cutting the end off words because we can't be bothered to complete them. <laughs> so like so like cheese is cheat. <laughs> but that could be... Well, I guess there aren't many other words that end that start with chi like that. Cheaters. <laughs> what if you want to that talk would... about a cheetah? Well, that would mm. be difficult. It would also be very confusing if, if for lunch I was like, can I have a cheese, Sam? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, imagine having grated cheetah on your bolognese. (laughs) (laughs) Got a George Foreman, though. Actually, that's what I'm going to recommend. I'm going to recommend a George Foreman because they're surprisingly affordable now. And it means all my toasties say four on them. Oh, God. Now I'm just trapped with the mental image of a cheetah in a George Foreman grill. Screeching away. That's horrible. I, it would cook it to perfection, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, truly would. You know what it, it would do a real number on? Some Whitby Scampi. <laughs> oh. No! <laughs> I, I've got a recommendation. Yeah? I I watched uh, I watched a very good Russian thriller the other night, uh, a film called Why Don't You Just Die, which is <laughs> it's a good... A good a good name as far as they go. Um, like largely set in one small apartment where a man turns off at the start. He's got a hammer hidden on his person and there's a rather scary man living inside and it escalates very fast. Um, it's incredibly violent, but in a really cartoonish way. So it actually gets away with some stuff which would be quite unpleasant otherwise. Um I think it's super budget because it was pretty much filmed in this one apartment. Uh, but like just demented sound editing that that really sells this violence. Beautifully kind of uh, choreographed and constructed. Very um, almost a sort of Sam Raimi element to it. Like early Sam Raimi, that kind of manic, hyper real stuff. Uh but I thought it was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Um, I had to, I had to rent it or buy it on Amazon Prime. It's not on any of the streaming services, but that is a that film is a good time. Sounds quite fat blood. Oh, it's very, it's, it's 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 very very fat blood. There's a lot of um. Oh, uh, it's great. Uh, it's, I won't spoil any of it, but there's just there's some just tremendous tremendous stuff in it. I know, Nate, you hold uh, the Castle film recommendations in very high esteem. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Matthew's uh, disciple at the moment, because <laughs> uh, I, I got really out of the habit of watching films. Now I'm trying to rehabilitate myself. So I like I, I just asked for recommendations from Matthew, and they've been really good so far. We, uh, I watched uh, The Quick and the Dead. Uh, funnily enough, Sam Raimi. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, theme. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a Western. Uh, about gunfights, um, and it's got some of the best crash zooms I've ever seen. And then we watched, uh, oh, what, what's the name of it? Big Knight, which is not about a vast medieval warrior. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, uh, is in fact a really sort of, um, sort of understated, uh, sad, but funny film about a failing Italian restaurant in the 50s and how it gets completely screwed over by Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> it's really that, good. That, that is actually, that, that's, that, it sounds mad, but that is the perfect description of that film. <laughs> Bilbo's such a dick. <laughs> they also cook one of the nicest looking pasta things ever. Oh, the timpani. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to have. I know I didn't like that it had eggs inside. Boiled eggs in a in a <laughs> lasagna is a bit weird. Ooh, isn't it? Oh, oh! I no, like. I, I, re- I really like films where people cook nice looking food and then people have like a life changing experience eating it. 
Oh, but like that just wins me over instantly. So Had the best footage like ever. Ratatouille. That's like. Ratatouille. Oh, uh, Ratatouille's great. Ratatouille, and that's it. Like, <laughs> no, there's loads of films where people eat great food, and they're like, "Oh, amazing!" Oh, now I was gonna kill you, but now you've made me this pasta with an egg in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how that's how it works. Anyway, uh, I think that's it. I think we're done. Thank you for joining me on uh, the Electronic Wireless Show, episode ninety-four. We're back. Back from from the dead. Uh, I'm very excited to to, uh, continue this. We might have some podcast merch. We can have t-shirts with fat blood on it if we make that a thing. Wouldn't that be exciting? Hashtag fat blood. Yeah, whenever you tweet about the podcast at RPS, please use hashtag fat blood. Yes. Yes, do that. That's That's how you organically make an audience reaction a thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just order them to do it. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for joining me, uh, Matthew Castle. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you much, uh, very much for joining me, Nick Crowley. Thanks. I treasure all of you. That's lovely. S- slightly unnerving. <laughs> I was talking to the listeners. Oh, right. I'm merely indifferent to my colleagues. No, I'm Fair very funny by uh and thank you to you the listener for joining us as well uh it, remember to uh you can like us on facebook uh, rock paper shotgun we're on twitter at rock paper shot uh and of course uh you should go to www.rockpapershotgun.com and check out uh youtube.com forward slash is it rock paper shot or is it rock paper shotgun matthew uh rock paper shot there you go for uh, Matthew's very fine videos. He's joined uh, by Callahan. Uh, and like and subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Five stars only, please. The buttons are broken, so you can only give five stars, but you would only want to give five stars anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until next week, uh, remember this is Rob Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast and the only gaming podcast you need, in my opinion. Bye! Goodbye! Bye-bye.